What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Roundtable Sports Podcast. My name is Taylor McLean, and today we're going to take a look at the Tennessee Titans' 24-17 victory over the Chicago Bears. You know, 24-17 doesn't really do this game justice. The Tennessee Titans managed to go up 17 to nothing at a certain point, and then 24-3, to and it certainly didn't seem like Chicago was all that close at any point today. Certainly in the beginning, they traded punts, they traded possessions until Tennessee was able to get a field goal and then eventually a touchdown right before half. And from there, you know, things certainly went downhill. There was a scoop and score touchdown kind of late in the third that brought it to 17. And then the later touchdown to John New Smith that brought it to 24 3. You know, I'm not sure what it is about Ryan Tannehill. I'm not sure if it's the offense, if it's the offensive line, or just his throwing ability overall, but it just seems like there's something missing from this offense. And it's really hard to put your finger on exactly what it is. You know, they throw the ball down the field sometimes. They've got a deep weapon in A.J. Brown. It's just for whatever reason, they don't press the ball. And because they have Derrick Henry and because they rely so heavily on that, it just seems to sap the upside from the rest of the offense and specifically Ryan Tannehill. Now, I don't think that a a recipe for success is Ryan Tannehill throwing the ball 45 times, but at the same time, I wish I saw more explosion from this offense because I do like the weapons and I do want to see them succeed. But it just seems like with the way the Tennessee Titans are playing – Overall, that's going to cause a lack of fantasy success for Ryan Tannehill. Now, there's been some blow-up days, but I just don't like that there's days when they take the ball out of his hands and when they kind of put him on the shelf, and that's led to some really bad days as far as his fantasy production goes. So it's a little bit more boomer bust. Does he get a bunch of touchdowns or does it go to Derrick Henry? And today, it was neither. It was more that the Chicago Bears was play- were playing pretty good defense. And that's really the, one of the main reasons that I wanted to watch this game is Chicago has a lot of key matchups in the playoffs, and I wanted to see how I thought that would work out for the other team. Now, I can tell you the front seven, the defense, Jalen Johnson, the cornerback, has been a revelation for them. That all has been just fine. It's not an extremely dominant unit. This isn't the 85 Bears, but at the same time, they still have punch on defense. They were able to corral Derrick Henry for most of the day, and that's definitely saying something with the way that the Tennessee Titans are committed to running the ball. I mean, they still ran the ball 31 times, and they only got 92 yards. That's commitment is what that is. Now, Derek didn't find the end zone. He could have salvaged his day with that clearly, but the 68 yards are certainly disappointing. No targets are certainly disappointing. Those are not things that I like to see from Derrick Henry. I still think I'd be targeting him, and it's probably a lot easier after a game like today. Certainly nobody's excited about 68 yards and no targets. So definitely a buy low opportunity if you believe that Derrick Henry can do what he needs to do down the stretch for you fantasy-wise. And there's nothing to say that he can't get hot down the stretch. Now, Tennessee has had some line issues. Certainly losing Taylor Lewan is going to hurt anybody. But overall, it just hasn't been quite as strong a run-blocking unit to this point. But I'm trying to chalk that up this week to Chicago. Because like I said, when you've got Mack, Roquan, Akeem Hicks, Trevathan, I mean, there's a lot of talent on this team. 
like I said, probably not recommending Ryan Tannehill outside of you'd have to just have to have somebody in a two quarterback league. Certainly he's too volatile to start in a 10 to 12 team league, even though he has been inside the top 12 as far as total overall value. Now the schedule doesn't get much easier in the next couple of weeks, so it might not be exactly the right time to buy Derrick Henry. Indianapolis has been playing tough run defense. Baltimore has been playing tough run defense. And then you get Indianapolis again, followed by Cleveland. So if you're in a situation where you just have to make the playoffs, might not be a good time to ride Derrick Henry down the stretch. However, if you can make it to week 14, 15, 16, giddy up because you get Jacksonville, Detroit, and Green Bay. And Green Bay is the only tough team amongst those teams, and their weaknesses run defense up the middle. So giddy up. Go get you some Derrick Henry. Hopefully the next couple of weeks will allow you an opportunity to buy low. So you might not have to do it after this game. You might be able to do it after the Indianapolis game or even the game after that. But just realize Indianapolis, Baltimore, Indianapolis is probably going to lead to some tougher times as far as Derrick Henry goes for the time being. But at the same time, if you can make it to that playoff schedule, 14, 15, 16, let's talk about it just one more time and how sweet that sounds. Jacksonville. Oh, Detroit. Yes. Maybe without Matthew Stafford. My God. Let them get up and let Derrick do horrible things to Detroit. And then finally, Green Bay. And like I said, people can run on Green Bay. Like I said, buy low now or buy low in the next couple of weeks, depending on your trade deadline, and then go from there. Now, one of the biggest reasons I watched this game was to see A.J. Brown, certainly a must-see player when he gets loose. And he definitely had three receptions over 15 yards today, including the big touchdown right before halftime. That was an extremely key play for this offense. He has been the chunk plays in the passing game. And with Derrick Henry not getting as loose recently, it's been very important for them to have that. You know, during the time when he was injured, they certainly lacked a certain amount of explosion in the passing game. And he's brought that back. He's just so big and strong. It's not an issue for him to break through arm tackles of cornerbacks and the like. So I wish there were more passing game work for A.J. Brown with this offense. But it is what it is, and with his ability to catch the ball and run with it for this offense, I can't imagine that that's something they can afford to go away from. So I'm more into A.J. Brown than I have been in the past. You just have to realize with this offense, you know, should they get up, should they take their foot off the gas of the passing game, it could affect A.J. Brown. It does give him a certain air of volatility. But at the same time, I love the talent, and I love what I've seen from him so far. So it's got me more bought into a Tennessee wide receiver option than I ever would have thought possible. I was into Jonu Smith for a certain amount of time. He certainly flashes athletic ability, but he suffers from the same problems that A.J. Brown does as well, just the lack of volume in this passing game. I love the talent, and I love the speed when he's out on the field. It's just they haven't been using him in a volume-type role that you'd need to see, like a George Kittle, where he's getting the ball as a possession-type receiver, where he's making plays with his legs and running with the ball. just hasn't been there for him this year. So we'll need to see more from Johnny before we're really getting excited about starting him. But it was encouraging to see him get the touchdown. But it kind of happened in like two plays, the whole part of his production. So it seemed a little fluky to me that that he was able to get that done more than it did with A.J. Brown for sure. Let's flip over to Chicago. You know, the Bears had a lot of people out on the offensive line, 
and the offensive line wasn't particularly good to begin with. Nick Foles was certainly under pressure today, and the Tennessee Titans defense hasn't been as dominant as I would have thought when they signed Jadavian Clowney. You know, he certainly hasn't lived up to the billing, and he's going to have a tough time getting the deal he wanted next year, that's for sure. But regardless, Tennessee has been holding it together. They're going to get Adoree Jackson back. That certainly should help them as well this week on the short week. So we'll see what they can do with that. Certainly having Desmond King scoop up the fumble today was a big key to the Tennessee win. That certainly kind of put them away as far as the Bears go. But it's not, it hasn't been an extremely dominant unit. You know, they got pressure on him, on Nick Foles today, but like I said, the line is in tatters at this point. They had a guy that has never started a center starting a center, and that's a bad, bad situation when pretty much the best Tennessee Titan defender is Jeffrey Simmons. And he was getting pushed. Certainly the whole Tennessee line was getting pushed, and it led to just kind of a disjointed effort overall by the Bears. They couldn't get much going until Tennessee really backed off. And, uh, you know, they got up 17, then they got up 24 to three, and they were really backed off on their defense when Nick Foles was really able to get going. You know, he had the 338 yards, but that is, and the two touchdowns, but that is a super red herring as far as it all kind of happened and all was kind of manufactured by garbage time. So certainly it's not something I'm buying as far as the QB1 conversation and starting him in 10 to 12 team leagues. I don't think that was on the table in the first place, the way things had been happening, but in the QB two range, I'm also a little bit wary. You got to have nobody else walking for me to really be excited about Nick Foles. However, their offense and the way they're enabled to run the ball does give him a little bit more upside than like a Ryan Tannehill, I would think, even though they're probably similar talents when you really break it all down. So not super excited about Nick Foles. Uh, I don't think that anybody would be doing a whole lot behind this line. It really was that bad. You know, David Montgomery couldn't get loose either. And even though he was able to corral a good amount of the backfield touches, you know, 30 yards, no touchdowns, 12 yards receiving on three catches. That is not good football. Certainly David's stranglehold on the backfield is one thing. The opportunity on that part of it is there, but the opportunity as far as the team creating offense, sustaining drives and getting up on people to run the ball is not looking good. And without Tariq Cohen, you know, you're supposed to corral more of the passing game work as well but it just hasn't worked out that way. And Corderell Patterson's getting some of the backfield work and getting some of those catches. So it's just not a great situation as far as these running back, as far as Chicago running back situation goes, which is highly disappointing. You know, if you would told me that David Montgomery was going to have such a stranglehold on the touches, then I would have bet hard on David Montgomery with this offense. Clearly I would have underestimated how bad this offensive line is and like I said, even Mitch Trubisky, you know, even though he's thinking about shoulder surgery seemed like maybe, you know, he could run away from some of this pressure. At least Nick Foles was a little bit more of a sedimentary target back there. But at the same time, I'm not sure that anybody could have really salvaged what the bears had going on today on offense. And it makes me somewhat pessimistic as far as Allen Robinson goes. Allen has the talent. He certainly looks healthy out there and he still got seven for 81. So it wasn't a dumpster fire of a day necessarily, 
But at the same time, it just lowers the upside of the offense, the lack of continuity and the lack of ability to sustain drives with this team. Certainly there's going to be times when they're down and he's going to have to be throwing. And But with the defense playing the way it is, they can kind of lean back on that a little bit too. So it still caps the upside of the overall passing offense. And like I said, when they're ha- when Nick Foles is having to run for his life, it doesn't really help anybody as far as people getting loose and being able to run deep routes that Allen is certainly capable of running and catching the high point ball on. Now, the only person that was probably happy with their fantasy performance is Jimmy Graham. Just like everybody else in this offense, he's been a little up and down. Certainly tight end is pretty bereft of options, so if you have to go there, he didn't look bad at all during this game. It's just it's not the same Jimmy Graham, so you have to have your expectations correct that he's going to need to find the end zone to truly really hit value at this point. I mean, six for 55 is one thing, but how about two for 13? What about five for 31. I mean, the, those type of performances are out there too, but he has been finding the end zone. So there are probably worse tight end options if you have absolutely none. Well, that's what I've got for this game, guys. Like, listen, subscribe. And of course, the most important one, the one that counts apparently, download these podcasts for Taylor. Certainly excited to be able to bring this content to you. Please comment. Let me know if there's anything else I can bring to the table for you. And uh, have a great rest of your day.